podcast. I'm your host, Teresa Brenneman. This is a human design education and integration podcast. So today we're going to be talking about projection fields. And this is something I was talking about in my stories the other day. And I got so many DMs from people that were just you know, either adding to the conversation or just saying, I've never heard it described this way. This brought me a lot of clarity. And I just figured I probably have more to say about it. And I want this to live in a space that's easily accessible for people to listen to if they want to hear about projection fields and maybe get a deeper understanding of it. You know, I'm a 2-4, so I have the second line projection field. And I don't actually know from lived experience what it's like to be in a fifth line projection field, but I have fifth lines in my life. So I'm just going to be sharing what I've observed about them. I would love to ultimately do a conversational podcast around this topic with a fifth line to get their lived experience because obviously mine is only that of what I'm noticing through my lens. So of course, this would be interesting to hear about from a fifth line. So that being said... Let's dive into this. So what I was talking about in my stories was really the difference between the second line projection field and how I experience that. And then what I noticed the fifth line experiencing in their projection field and also what it feels like for me to project onto a fifth line. So what is a projection field? Let's start with that. For those of you who maybe don't know a whole lot about projection field or you're just now hearing this. So the second line and the fifth line each have a projection field, which means that the other sees something in them. them. The other projects something onto them. So for a second line, it's going to be that we have a skill or a talent or even a trauma. You know, it isn't always that somebody is seeing a talent or a skill. Um, they're also seeing potential. They're seeing potential for a talent to be shared or expressed. Uh, but they can also see, I mean, they can see everything. It's like we're naked, right? So imagine that if you have a second line projection field, your chart is just being expressed out to people, whether they realize it or not. So your chart potential. And an example from my chart could be Uh, My 1222, I hear this from people all the time. They'll be like, oh, you're just like so charming or you have such a graceful way of articulating. Um, You're so social. But then I also hear the opposite because everything's binary. So I also hear you're not open or you're closed or that wasn't very graceful of you or whatever because it's all just exposed out there as a second line. It's like I'm wearing my chart on a shirt. And imagine everybody knew about human design. (laughs) They're just seeing me and my potential. It also is the reason that second lines get called out. Because the way that the projection field works is it's almost, it's fuzzy for us. It's it's one-sided. I can't necessarily see in myself until somebody else sees it in me and then I can see it. Especially when it comes to my talents and my potential. Every job I've ever had, when I really think back, when I've had a job and I've been able to move up in the job or take on a different role, it's because somebody saw my potential and called it out. So when I first started bartending, I had been serving at this restaurant and my bar manager was like, I think you'd be a really good bartender. I want to teach you how to bartend. 
he saw that social openness. He saw how I can multitask, you know, as an MG. He saw my ability to um, work quickly on my feet and handle stress as a defined route. You know, these are things that whether or not he knew, obviously through a human design lens, he didn't know, but he could feel from me all of that potential to be able to be a good bartender, to have a skill or a talent for that. And I can think about a, a bunch of examples of where that's showed up in my life. And even I've told this story before on the podcast in the second line vulnerability episode. But the reason that I'm doing the work that I'm doing right now is because I was called out. So as a second line, you it's you really don't have to guess what your skills or your talents are if you are allowing your vulnerability to be exposed in a way people are going to see you and they're going to call you out. And what I mean by that is we have to allow ourselves to show ourselves. And I think that can be scary as a second line because we already feel naked. But I tend to just lean into the vulnerability now because that's worked out well for me in the past as scary as it can be sometimes. When it comes to having that potentiality projection field It is important for second lines to be discerning because we can't see ourselves. If we're making a decision from the mind, you know, let's say, for example, I get called out to do something and my open ego convinces me, oh, this is going to make you feel really valuable or this is going to prove your worth to people. You should say yes to this. It might not be the right opportunity for me and might not be the right call out. And if I say yes to that, that could be really damaging to me personally. I find that second lines can recover fairly quickly, at least in my experience, from a incorrect call out in, in the eyes of the other. Like we don't get burned at the stake like a fifth line will, but we can let people down if we don't live up to the potential that they've created in their minds. And that's something I've noticed too is if somebody is saying I'm talented or I have the potential to do this thing or have this skill and I don't live up to what they thought it was going to be, there can be some disappointment from the other, but it's not this feeling of, well, I'm going to burn you at the stake or I'm going to destroy you now. It's just kind of like, oh, okay, well, you that wasn't what I expected of you, <laughs> which sucks to receive, of course, but it is what it is. And the more discerning you become, the more you know what your authority is a yes to and a no to. And the more you can witness your mind, like for me, right off the bat, if my open ego is like, oh, this is going to make you look cool or prove your worth or your value, or if it's trying to pump me up in that way, I I know I really have to take my time in deciding whether it's correct for me and really starting to discern that. So it can be, like I said, it can be damaging, but it's a different kind of, it's a different kind of thing. I find that it more just confuses me when I say yes to a call out that's incorrect because it makes me question myself then and it makes me question whether people can really see me. But that hasn't happened to me in a really, really long time. So I find that now I can tell when people are projecting something onto me that I'm I'm not really that good at and they think I'm better at it than I actually am. Man, this actually happened 
like 10 years ago, I was posting these little music clips of me playing like these, you know, back when Instagram, you could only post a one minute video and playing guitar and singing. And somebody asked me to come play at their restaurant. And I was like, I don't know. I don't have a set list. These are literally one minute clips. And you haven't seen me play the whole song. You don't know if I could actually come up with a whole three hour set list. You've seen like a few one minute clips of me playing. That's very different than coming up with a three hour set list. And my mind was like, ooh, this would prove you're a good musician if you start performing. And I, my mind convinced me to do it. And I did it. And it was so freaking stressful. I, you know, hurt my fingers playing so much practicing for this. I messed up a lot during the gig and I just wasn't prepared. It was too soon for me to take something on like that. And I just wanted to prove that I was a legitimate musician and that's why I did it. When this person didn't really know me that well and was maybe seeing my potential to be a good performer, which later on I did get better and better and I did feel more comfortable with it, especially performing with other people instead of totally by myself. And it wasn't as scary as I moved along with it. But that's a good example of somebody seeing your potential and calling you out for it, but not listening to your authority and perhaps listening to your not self mind. And it just stressed me out and it made me doubt my abilities as a musician. It made me I I think I took a break from music after that for a while because I was really discouraged and I was really doubting myself. And, you know, because there was a monetary exchange, it really made me doubt doubt my worth and my value as an artist. So, yeah, that that would be my example of an incorrect call out and biting off more than you can chew because second lines are also known to wing it. If we have a potential talent there and somebody's calling us out, a lot of times if it's correct, we can just wing it and really show up and see what we're made of, you know, kind of put our cards out on the table. But if if it's not correct, then it's exactly the what I just described, stressful, made me doubt myself, made me question my worth, sent me into a spiral, all of that. So that's where we have to be discerning. But I also think looking back, I had to know what an incorrect call out felt like. And it actually helped me learn about my emotional process, my decision making process. This was before human design, of course. But even then, I kind of had this awareness of, oh, that's what it feels like for people to see something in me that I'm actually not ready to show everybody or that I'm not ready to wing it with. Um, I'm not... I'm not in a space to actually receive that call out yet. So when we think about projections for second lines, they're usually they're good projections, but I think there's also this awareness coming from the other, at least a lot of the time in my experience of when somebody is calling you out, they're saying it kind of, casually you know they're kind of like hey if you ever want to do this I feel like you'd be good at it or have you ever considered this or you should do this you're really good at this you know there isn't necessarily all of this pressure on us I guess in the example that I gave there was pressure because it was a bargain that I said yes to but 
when I think back to other times I've been called out, it's been a lot more gentle of just like, hey, I don't know if you've ever considered this, but I just want to let you know you're really good at this or whatever. And it's just it's information for us in that way. And it's very different with fifth lines. When I notice a fifth line being projected on, number one, fifth lines are all about practical solutions. So what a fifth line projects out is not I am this, it's I have a solution for this. Whereas the second line projects out, I have this in my design. The fifth line projects out, I have the solution for you. So if we're sticking with the 1222 example, if a fifth line has 1222, we're going to be projecting out, oh, their grace and charm and articulation has a solution for me. Or like, let's say you're putting on an event and you want to have a 1222 fifth line there. Their grace and charm will help my event, will make my event better. Um, their social openness or their way of articulating and expressing provides a solution for me in some way. Or let's think about maybe the gate of confusion. <laughs> like if somebody has uh, confusion defined in their chart, a second line is going to project out, I am confused and everybody's going to think we're confused all the time, <laughs> which I used to have a friend who was a second line that had that. And I did always think she was very confused. And a fifth line is going to project out, I have the solution for confusion or for your confusion. So what I end up doing, like coming from the perspective of projecting on a fifth line is I notice myself thinking that they have the answers to my problems or they have that practical solution for me. And I'm kind of putting them up on this pedestal and making the assumption that they have the solution for me, that they are the master of this, that they know all the answers. So my brother is a 5'1", and I've witnessed this happen to him in our family for so long. He's the only fifth line in, in my immediate family. And he has 2644 and 1858 and I forget some of his other channels, but I notice everyone in my family comes to him for his judgments and his corrections, also his investigations as a 5-1. It's like if he's recommending something or telling us about something, we know he's thoroughly researched it and looked at it through a critical lens. And I notice myself wanting his judgments on things like what do you think of this or with his 2644 I feel like he can explain things to me and break things down that are confusing he's really good with technology he's always been good with technology and so anytime I'm having an issue with technology and I'm like hey can you explain this to me like how does this work it's like I I feel like he's gonna be able to support me in that and transmit that to me I notice my parents always ask him to help them sell things. You know, 2644, the market are like, hey, can you help us sell this on eBay or whatever? So it's just really interesting to see how we project that he has a solution for us. He might not, right? He might not. And it can be disappointing when somebody that you're putting up on a pedestal and has maybe helped you in the past even, it can be disappointing when they don't have the solution for you. But when I think about it, I'm like, he never said he had the solution for me. This is just me making an assumption. So I think that's where fifth lines can kind of get their wires crossed. I would imagine if I'm thinking about it through a similar lens as a second line, 
Whereas for me, it's more about my potential or my skills or my gifts. But the fifth line, they're getting it from somebody who might be kind of in desperation or might be really frustrated or in crisis and they really need a practical solution. And if that fifth line can't deliver it and they attempt to because they're not connected to their authority because they have their own not self chatter, that could create some problems. But then it's so much I feel like it's so much more serious for the fifth line because they can get burned. And that's where that paranoia can come from. I would add a caveat here. This is going to be very different for a fifth line body versus a fifth line personality. What I notice with the fifth line body is they're not as aware of the projections on them. It's almost like they're just as surprised as the other person when they get burned at the stake. You know, when somebody kind of flips their lid on them and is like, wait a minute, I thought you could help me they're surprised. Um, my sister-in-law is a three, five and she was playing this voice message. She works in like the Medicaid industry and whatnot, but she was playing us this voice message from somebody who she did not have a solution for. Like they weren't even, they were not barking up the right tree. I don't even know if they really understood what she does for a living. And she just kind of laughs at it and is like, Oh, that's funny that they think I have a solution for them. But it's not as like, I don't know, there isn't as heaviness to it, I guess. And maybe the more fifth line bodies go along, the more aware of it they become. And then I guess some paranoia could show up. But I think that's more of a fifth line mind trait, at least from observing. So it makes total sense to me that fifth lines can develop that paranoia of, I don't want anybody to think that I have a solution for them that I don't have. And I notice fifth lines giving lots of disclaimers in that way, like, and prefacing things. Um, something else that I noticed with fifth lines, and this could be fifth line mind and fifth line body, is just people taking things the wrong way. And I had a joke one time, I was working at this wellness center and a couple of my coworkers were fifth lines and this common theme kept coming up of people misunderstanding them and taking, whether they made a joke or they just said something that pissed somebody off and they took it the wrong way or they took their words and twisted and kind of projected on them that they were saying something with a specific intention. And they were always like in drama for those reasons because people were misunderstanding them. And I was like, yeah, it's like we should make a shirt for fifth lines that just says, that's not what I meant. (laughs) And that would save you a lot of explanation. And They both thought that was funny and were just like, oh, my God, that would make my life so much easier because it just seems to be this common theme of a a misinterpretation or wires cross. And I do wonder if it's because of the projection field, because there's that mystique coming from the fifth line. And I, I find myself doing it, too. Like, I really have to watch myself when I'm, let's say, taking in social media content from a fifth line, and I'm really not getting the fullness of who they are. I'm just getting this little slice of them on the internet, and I'm not in aura with them. And, you know, projecting onto them that they have a certain intention, or they mean something a certain way, or because maybe they're trying to universalize something that doesn't feel universal for me. Um, and, and I notice that does trigger people a lot, which I think learning to universalize correctly is probably an art that fifth lines have to refine over time. You know, all of the profile lines kind of have their um, 
I don't want to say bad and good, but I guess they're healthy and unhealthy expressions. And that is something that I notice sometimes with fifth lines is they're attempting to universalize something that really can't be universalized. And it's more coming from their personal design or their personal experience. And so the fifth lines that I tend to really value their universalizations or I I see some thorough um it's almost like a thorough universalization where I can tell that they've really kind of collected data over time or they've witnessed and observed something over time for a large amount of people. And it feels it feels very true. It's like, oh, yeah, that is a universal experience. I mean, let's take Taylor Swift, for example. Whatever you think about her as an artist her message is clearly very universal or she wouldn't be as big as she is. She wouldn't be like this number one breaking all the billboards, selling out stadiums if there wasn't a ability to universalize in her music. And that's kind of what I see with Fifth Lines that have really refined that and they know what's them and what's personal to them versus what is something that's universal. And maybe it really is just inner authority and sensing what that feels like for them. But I also think that's kind of maybe where some of that paranoia comes from is maybe in the past a fifth line sharing a personal thing and trying to universalize, but it's not really universal. And and then people are trying to burn you and, you know, it is what it is. So... Those are some of the big differences that I've noticed, you know, kind of to wrap this up. Second lines, you see potential gifts and fifth lines, you see potential solutions, which is often projected as you have the solution for me. You are the guru. So you really just have to watch yourself when you're taking in content, even if you are a second line or a fifth line, you have your own projection field and you're aware of it. It doesn't mean that you won't do it to others, uh, you know, other second lines and fifth lines. And we really have to be aware of ourselves projecting. Um, and I do want to add as well, I feel like much like the second line and how these projections can help us learn about ourselves, fifth lines projections, I think, does help them see what they could have solutions for or develop solutions for because they can't see themselves either they're kind of living in that projection field and the correct projections I find might even be similar to the correct callouts for a second line. Um, but depending on your design, you know, if you're a five, two or two, five, there's going to be a naturalness to that. It's going to, there's going to be, you're basically going to be called out and projected that you have a solution at the same time. Whereas if you're a, a five, one, uh, you're, it's going to be based on the investigations and the foundation that you've built, whether or not you have a solution for somebody. Um, if you're a three five, it's going to be based on your trial and error and what you've tested and retested and moved through and learned from the hard way. So there's definitely some nuance to it depending on what your actual profile is. All right. I think that's all I have to say for now on this topic. Like I said, I would love to have a fifth line on to actually talk about this and flesh this out together. And I'm sure my awareness will develop even more further in the future around this is just what I got right now. 
Speaking of fifth lines, I am co-teaching a course with James Alexander called Below the Surface. It is for emotional authorities only. So if you haven't checked that out, the link will be in the show notes. Please check it out if you feel pulled to it. If you are emotional and you're wanting some support and some guidance around learning about your own emotional waves and what clarity feels like for you and It'll just be a very deep dive into what James and I have learned over the last, you know, I've been in my experiment for six years. He's been in his experiment for nine years. So we've had a big chunk of time to really be sinking our teeth into this information, but also our own processes. And we're just creating something that we would have wanted at the beginning of our journey or even, you know, one, two, three years in. So really excited about this offering. If you have any questions about it, don't hesitate to DM me on Instagram or shoot me an email, Teresa at howtobealigned.com. And yeah, I really look forward to diving in with whoever is feeling pulled to that. So check it out until next time.